to do what God intends the word to accomplish. God's word always accomplishes what God intends for his word to accomplish. His word is living and active and powerful. And uh, we're going to continue this morning with our By Faith series. And uh, so if you've got your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 11 with me this morning. We're going to talk about some regular folks, regular folks this morning. Um, before we get into the word, I want to I uh, make you aware of a couple of announcements while you're turning to Hebrews chapter 11. Or scrolling to Hebrews or tapping to Hebrews chapter 11. However you get there this morning, just get there. Hebrews chapter 11. But uh, while, you're, while you're getting there this morning, let me make you aware of a couple things, remind you of a couple things. Our uh, Candy Palooza is October the 31st from 3.30 to 5.30. All right, there is a, uh, a sign-up online through our app. Okay, there's a, through the app, if you'll, you'll click on click on the church home button, it's the far left, if you're looking at your, the app, the Faith Life app, and you see the little, the little church icon on the bottom left of that app, tap that, you'll, you'll be taken to a website or a screen that, that gives you access to forms, okay, so tap the form, tap the, uh, the uh, trunk or treats, sign up for your vehicle, sign your vehicle up for the trunk or treats, and uh, let us know that you're, you're going to have your, your uh, vehicle here full of candy in the trunk and, um, and decorated so all of the kids can, uh, can get some candy that day. We'll have inflatables, uh, candy, lots of fun. And uh, so go ahead and make sure you sign up your vehicle so that we, we can expect and know who to expect and what to expect and, and have the, the area ready for you for, for our candy palooza. Does anybody like candy? Anybody like candy? Anybody like candy more than kids like candy? Give me some Reese's peanut butter cups. The pumpkins are the best proportion to chocolate and peanut butter. So I'm just saying those are those are those are the, the, the ones, right? So be sure to sign up for that. Invite your friends, your family, neighbors, kids. Um, bring your your kids, kids, your neighbors' kids. Don't hide your kids. Don't hide your wife. Bring them. Bring them. All right. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Also, don't forget um, giving, paying of offerings, giving, giving of uh, paying your tithes, giving of offerings. You can do that through the app as well. You can give through the app. You can give uh, on your way out this morning. We believe that giving is an act of worship, right? And what else? Obedience and faith. Giving is an act of worship, obedience, and faith. And we believe that God will meet the need if we are faithful to be obedient in what God has commanded, right? There are responsibilities here at this property and for this ministry. And uh, the budget this week, you guys, I'm, I'm keeping you updated every week so that you guys know where we are budgetarily each month in, in September. Praise the Lord, we, we made budget. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? Praise the Lord for that. Uh, but this is a new month. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. And I'm, I hope to feel good at the end of this month, right? And so um, make sure you continue to be faithful in the giving your offering and paying your tithes in order to meet budget this week. This week, to meet budget, we need $2,000 to meet budget this week. So we need you to be faithful. We need you to give.
live and be thankful. Amen? Amen? It's not a big, it's not, it's not too much when we're thankful. Amen? When we are obedient, when we are faithful, I believe that God will provide. I believe that's what he says, and I believe him. You believe him? Let's, let's put our money where our mouth is. Amen? And let's trust in the Lord. So a couple of announcements that we needed to, to make this morning and make you aware of. And, of course, all of our other young adults meet on Tuesday nights at Sean and Michelle's house. They have a great time. Our youth um, uh, on Wednesday nights, our boys and girls clubs on Wednesday nights having a great time. The boys have a camp out coming up in November. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, so it's just good times. We had our men's breakfast yesterday. I don't know if you saw in my story all the, the ham and the bacon and the biscuits. And men, you missed out if you, you weren't here yesterday. Because not only did we have some good breakfast, we had some good fellowship. We had some good word. And we encouraged one another in the Lord. And, and second, second Saturday of every month, 8 o'clock, men's breakfast. You want to be here. And uh, you're going to get fed more ways than one. Amen. And so we'd love to see you second Saturday of every month at 8 o'clock for, for our men's breakfast. And ladies' events are coming up, and, and all kinds of fun stuff is happening. We're moving even quickly into Thanksgiving. And, um, and, and yes, the ladies' event, the monthly ladies' event is going to be Sunday, the, uh, the 17th. Yeah, this next a week from today. Is that right? A week from today. So the late monthly ladies' event is a week from today. It's going to be at San Miguel at, uh, at 6 o'clock. All right? San Miguel at 6 o'clock on, on, on Schillinger. So um, come ready to eat some cheese dip and, and have a good time with the ladies. So, all right, so that's this, this uh, Sunday, this coming Sunday. All right? Lots of good stuff happening. Lots of fun happening. Lots of ministry happening. And um, so keep all that in mind. Check the app. Check the Faith Life app. Download it. Check it on it every week. We make sure that, that announcements are going out every week, that you're able to have a, a place to fill out forms. we got baptism service coming up in November. If you would like to be baptized, fill out that form. Midweek meal, we're having pizza this Wednesday night. And so there is a place to sign up for the midweek meal in that forms in that website as well we need to know in advance so that we're prepared and ready and uh and there's and you can you can give through there as well so all of these things are happening and it's good stuff and so i'm excited about what god is doing and uh, we just want to make sure that you are aware and uh, we send out emails we send out text messages sometimes we send out too many that happened that this week that was an accident you got a lot of stuff this week that was my bad um but we send out emails we send out text messages we put it on Facebook, we put it on our website, it's on the calendar, there's a calendar in the app and on the website, and, um, and we've even got TVs in the lobby that, that display the calendar and things that are coming up, and um, so there's plenty of ways to stay up to date and be informed, and we want you to be informed, because we got a lot of good stuff happening, and uh, so, alright, let's, let's pray and let's get into the Word. Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, that as we get into your word this morning, that your word would get into us, that we would, that we would bear much fruit because of your word that takes root in us. It would be fruit of righteousness, fruit of repentance, fruit of good works, and fruit of the Spirit would be evident in us because of you. And so, God, we give you glory and honor and praise in this house this morning. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You ever feel like God only calls certain people, like God only uses and calls special people that you've got to, you, you, you look back at your life, so, well, that person could be used by God, or that person could be used by God, but not me. I, I, could, I, could, I couldn't do that. Or, or maybe you feel like, you know, I'd really like to do good things for God. I'd really like to, for God to use me, but, but, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not at that place. I'm not at that spiritual level of I, that, that, all these giants that we see in, in Hebrews chapter 11. Man, I read through Hebrews chapter 11, maybe this is you, and I read through Hebrews chapter 11, it's like, wow, look at what, what was accomplished. Look at all these things, these mighty events, these mighty miracles. Look at, look at the things that happened in Hebrews chapter 11. I mean, guys like Moses and Noah and Abraham and, and Rahab, and we, we looked, we've looked at all these people, and you're like, there's no way that when I see what God did through those people, there's no way that, that I am at that level that God could use me and do things through me and, and in my life the way he did things in those people. If you ever felt like that, this sermon today is for you, all right? Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to start reading at verse 32, and I'm reading from the uh, Christian Standard Bible this morning, um, so I'm, and, and, and I'll be reading more over the coming, as we, as we preach, and I, I, I've I'm just making an announcement. I have read from the ESV for many, many years. I'm going to begin to, to not use that translation so much from the pulpit. So I'm um, just, just making you guys aware, all right? Just no big, just because I know you want to keep up and follow along. So I'm reading from the CSB uh, translation this morning, and uh, I'll be reading from that a lot, from the NIV a lot. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 says this, And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised back to life. Other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they died by sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these were approved through their faith. But they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us. So that they would not be made perfect without us. By faith, as we read through that that. that <laughs> That list of people and that list of happenings and that list of, of activities, all these people experience those things by faith. You, you don't really want to shout about it, though, <laughs> right? They were sawed in two, praise God, right? They were stoned by faith, glory, hallelujah, right? That's, that's not normally what we, what we think of. When we're, when we're reading about these folks, but Scripture says by faith they went through this because God had a 
us for them. These were everyday people who were just willing to be faithful. As we have read through and preached through this book, uh, this, these, these people through Hebrews 11, that's what you need to recognize and we must recognize. These were everyday people, common people, just normal people who were faithful and obedient. And because of their obedience, they saw mighty things from God. He gives this list of folks, and we're going we're gonna to give a, a, a quick list. There's, there's not time to preach an exhaustive sermon on each one of these people this morning. We're not going to. But we're going to look at them real quickly. The first he mentions is, is, or the first the writer of Hebrews mentions is Gideon. Gideon, if you read the story like many of us, he doubted his own abilities. And he suffered a lot of defeat, a lot of failure. And, and he put God to the test, if you've read the story, not once but three times. He puts this fleece out, testing God. When we meet Gideon in the story, in the, in the word, he's, he's threshing grain in a wine press, a pit in the ground, so that the Midianites would not see him because the Midianites were, were at war against the children of Israel. And God appeared to Gideon in a, in a, as an angel and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Here's this coward named Gideon hiding in a, in a, in a threshing floor in a wine press so that the Midians don't see him. And the Lord greets him and says, the Lord's with you, mighty warrior. Here's this coward in a wine press, threshing floor, hiding from the Midianites and the angel of the Lord greets this, this coward and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. There's a coward that the Lord greets and says, you're a mighty warrior. God sees who you are more than you see who you are. God understands who he has called you to be more than you understand who you have been called to be. God sees you, God sees what you can accomplish if you will be obedient and you will step out by faith. God is calling even the cowards mighty warriors because he knows who you are. Gideon, ultimately, man, I wish I could preach this sermon today about Gideon, but Gideon ultimately leads a battle. He answers the call of God, the challenge, the name that God has for him. And he steps up and he, 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 he leads an army of 300 people against the forces of Midian. And the Lord is with them and the Lord defeats the Midianites because God saw what we would see as a coward. God saw as a mighty a normal guy, afraid of the army out in the field, but God saw someone greater. That's Gideon. We've got other people mentioned in this passage. Real, real quick, some of Gideon's accomplishments is he was a judge of the people. He, he had strength 
understood God's power. He became a, a, fo- a loyal follower. Here's the point of Gideon this morning. God can accomplish great things through us if we forget our weaknesses and follow his guidance. God can accomplish great things for us if we begin to doubt our doubts and believe the truth. Next guy that's mentioned, next person that's mentioned is Barak, another mighty Hebrew warrior who answers the call of God over, despite overwhelming odds. His name means lightning. And, and, and Barak is, a, is, is what's called a judge. He's a, he's, a, he's a military leader in the time of the judges. Israel had drifted away from God. The Canaanites had oppressed them for, 30 year, for 20 years. And God had called Deborah, this, this judge, this, this holy woman, to be a judge and a prophetess over the Jews. And Barak is being called by God to, to be the, a military leader. And, and so Deborah summons Barak telling him that God has commanded Barak to gather the 12 tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali and go to the Mount Tabor, and, and, and Barak hesitated. He said, the only way I'm going to do it is if you, Deborah, go with me. So Deborah was this mighty military leader, too, in this, in this passage. And Deborah agreed, and so she goes with him. And Scripture says that, that Deborah got the credit for the victory, not Barak. There's also an amazing story of, of a woman named Sisera and a tip peg, which is a really interesting story. Um, it's, 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 I think every, I think every, every mom and dad should make sure their daughter has a tent peg. If you've never read the story, you need to read the story. It might, it might be pretty good. So, Barack. Barak again is, is seen as a as a man who is a leader, but a man who who is afraid. But he's also a man who recognized the power of God on Deborah and the call of God on Deborah, and he recognized that yeah, I, I'm a military leader, but 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 Deborah, I, I need you to come with me. I need you to come with me. And so Barak defeated the Canaanites. Deborah with him. Barak recognized that Deborah's authority had been given to her by God. And so he obeyed the woman of God, which was really rare in ancient times. I mean, it's rare today, to be honest, right? It was really rare in ancient times. Another, another person mentioned in the story in, in Hebrews is Samson. You know the story of Samson. Samson was, was a, a mighty man, a strong man. He, was, he, was a, he was, had taken the Nazarite vow. His mom had dedicated him to the Lord as a, as a child, and, and he had taken a Nazarite vow, and he was strong, and he was defeating Philistines. He was defeating Philistine armies, and he was a judge, but he also had a, had a, a weakness. He had a lot of pride, and he 
thought that since he was so strong and his hair so pretty, he could do whatever he wanted to do. He had a weakness and he disobeyed God. And he was not a he was not a sexually pure fellow. He did not practice sexual integrity. He thought, I'm so strong, my hair's so pretty, I'll get it whoever I want to, whenever I want to. And he did. He knows this lady named Delilah. Anybody heard of this woman, Delilah? Well, he ends up telling her, you know the story, he tells her where his strength comes from, his hair, and she cuts his hair, and, and the Philistines come in to attack, and he thinks he's going to be strong and defeat the Philistines, and he realizes that his hair has been cut and he has no strength, and they take him because he betrayed his Nazarite vow. They take him, they gouge out his eyes. Eventually, they're going to have a party. The Philistines throw a party. They take Samson and they, they, they tie him to two pillars in their temple and they're throwing a, a party to their God. And, and, and Samson is their trophy. And Samson begins to pray. And scripture says his hair began to grow back. He began to regain his strength because of his repentant heart. And he began to push on the pillars of that temple and it fell in. And scripture says that he killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. Samson was not a, I mean, if you read through the story of Samson, it He's sort of the, he's the anti-hero until he sacrifices himself in obedience. You know the story. Samson was selfish. He was a bad leader. He was prideful. took the covenant of God that was made with God, he took it lightly and it took it took an enormous wake up call for Samson to recognize his own weakness and recognize where his strength was really we keep going, there's other there's other listed here in, in this passage of scripture Jephthah, this is, I'm going to be real, I'll be real honest with you. There are stories in the Bible I don't like. Like if, if I was writing a Bible story, this is not a story I would write. I don't like this story. And if you, if you've spent time in the Bible, there's, there's gotta be stories in the Bible that you're like, Ooh, that's, 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 that's hard. That's uncomfortable. The beauty of scripture is it doesn't gloss over our ignorance and our mistakes and our failures and our mess ups. The Bible, the Bible doesn't gloss over our humanity. That's one of the things that lets us know that scripture is, is, is 
honest and truthful about God because it's honest and truthful about us. If we were writing a book to make us look good or to make our God look good, we would not write the Bible. But Jephthah, here's the story of Jephthah. Jephthah is the son of a prostitute. And he's run out of town by his brothers, and he learns to fight in the wilderness. He he becomes sort of this gang leader, and God uses him to defeat the Ammonites after 18 years of suffering under the hand of under their hand because of worshiping and serving the Baals and the Asherahs and the gods of Aram and the gods of Sidon and the gods of Moab and the gods of the Ammonites and the gods of the Philistines. And because the Israelites forsook the Lord and no longer served him, God became angry with them. And they were, the Israelites were sold into the hands of the Philistines and the Ammonites who that year shattered and crushed them for 18 years. These folks oppressed all the Israelites on the east side of the Jordan Gilead in the land of the Amorites. And the spirit of the Lord came, comes upon Jephthah and he defeats the Ammonite king for 18 years. Son of a prostitute, run out of town by his brothers. Defeats the Ammonite king because of his desire to know God a really good story if it stopped there but this is where it doesn't stop and this is the part that come on man he made a vow to God after he had already been empowered by the spirit that if the Lord would bring victory this is important after he had already been empowered by the spirit I think that that's an important understanding the Lord had already promised him victory the Lord had already empowered him for victory but he makes this oath to God God if you'll bring victory I'll do something I will sacrifice the first thing that comes out of my house after victory he didn't need to make that vow he didn't need to make that promise God wasn't isn't looking for deals to be struck how many of us have ever made a vow? God, if you'll, if you'll heal my son or my daughter, I'll do this. Or God, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. God's not looking for, for, for these trades and these barters and these deals. He's looking for obedience and faithfulness and faith and trusting. But this guy, Jephthah, makes this vow after the Spirit had already empowered him for battle. There was already assurance if he would have just had confidence in what God had done and what God was doing but he makes this vow and guess what listen listen he makes this vow he says the Lord if you'll bring victory I'll sacrifice the first thing that comes out of my house when I get home from battle and when he gets home from battle there's a sound of singing heard from inside the house, a song of joy. A song of joy because the Lord has, has defeated the enemies. There's a great song of joy. It's the voice of his daughter. 
singing a song of, of joy and excitement, and she runs out of the house. And I hate this story. Because he keeps his vow. And so scholars have wrestled with this passage for years and years and years. And some would say, and I really hope this, this is the right way to view this. Some would say, looking at the rest of this passage and into the next chapter, that when he sacrificed his daughter, was he, 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 didn't, he did not sacrifice her life, but that he for her life where she was unable to marry. I hope that that's, I like that translation better. I like that view better. But regardless, it was a, it was a vow that did not need to be made. Yet he kept the vow. It's a story of The story of his commitment to his word and his oath. He took his vow to God seriously, even though God didn't ask him to make such a vow. God would have defeated the Ammonites without that vow. So, again, some would say that the way he kept his vow was he consecrated to her to God as a perpetual virgin where she was unable to marry, which would have meant no family line, which would have been even a sacrifice for Jephthah as well. the moral of the story I don't know is it okay for a preacher to say that but if I had to try to say okay well what's the lesson here it'd be this rejection is not the end rejection is not the end Jephthah's rash vow that God did not require, it cost him dearly. And Samuel, the later judge, would say this, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the Lord? To obey is better than 
and sacrifice and to heed the better than the fat of rams. Here is what we can understand this morning. Is that what God is looking for? Because if you read the story, it's a tragic story. And it does, I think that what we can learn is this, that what God desires isn't that kind of oath making or that kind of deal making or that kind of sacrifice. What God is after is obedience. a sermon on Jephthah before? Nobody likes it. Nobody wants to preach on that. What else we got here? David. Oh, we like David. Right? We like David. You know David. He killed Goliath. He was anointed king. He killed, he, he, he wrote much of the Psalms. David was this, was this, man of contrast. He loved God. He was anointed by God. But he let his lusts and his passions overtake him in an instance and it cost him much of his legacy and his family. But God loved him and God kept him. You know the story of, of, Dan, of, of David. He killed Goliath, he was a champion of Philistines, he, 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 he was a warrior, a king, he killed many of Israel's enemies in battle. You know the story. He was an ancestor of Jesus Christ. Jesus is even often called the son of David. God called David a man after his own heart. David was, was strong and courageous in battle, but David... David committed an act of abuse against Bathsheba. And then when she was pregnant, he tried to cover it up, and then he had her husband killed. He did some other things that God told him not to do. It cost him later in his life. But here's what we see when Nathan, the prophet, confronts David. This is beautiful. It's a powerful passage. When Nathan the prophet confronts David, and David says, that's terrible. He uses some, some, some metaphor, right? Tells a story, and, and, not, and David hears the story and says, that's terrible. How could that be? And Nathan looks at David and says, you are that man in the story. And it convicts David. And David's heart is broken, and David has a, a contrite heart, and David would write Psalm 91 from that moment, from that instance in his life. He wrote Psalm 91. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Don't remove your Holy Spirit from me. We see this man who was used by God. And then when he was convicted of his sin, he repented of his sin. That's, that's key. When you are made aware of your sin, when I am made aware of my sin, I have two.
two choices, right? To continue in rebellion or to repent and walk in obedience. David chose repentance, obedience. And God blessed him and he's recorded here in the, in the hall of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, Samuel. Man, we don't have time to talk about Samuel. I wish we did. There's just so many, so many folks here mentioned. And, 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 and Samuel is born. He, his mother is, is barren and she prays and God hears her prayer. And, and Samuel is born and becomes a prophet of God. Why these folks? Why are these folks included in Hebrews chapter 11? I believe the writer of Hebrews chose these specific heroes, these specific people on purpose. What was that purpose? What did they all have in common? They were all, every one of them were flawed individuals in one way or another. They were not perfect. They were not they were not these mighty heroes. If you were if you were writing a story of a hero, you would not write the stories of these people. They are flawed. But God accomplished great things through them because they believed him and they believed that he rewards those who diligently seek him. That's Hebrews chapter 11, 6. They believed God. They weren't perfect, but when God asked them and came to them and said, here is the choice, they chose to be obedient to God, to be faithful to God, to trust God. It's not in who you are, it's in who he is and whether or not you will be faithful and obedient to him. normal, everyday folks. Imperfect people. Now I'm not saying, church, that we have a license to sin. I'm just human. I'm not saying that. We don't have a license to sin, and we should not, we should not look for excuses to be disobedient or to sin or to not let the fruit of the spirit do work in us i'm just human the lord knows i'm just human yes but he has given you his spirit what i believe god wants to do firstly if you're taking notes Firstly, what I believe God wants to do is in spite of your humanity, by faith, believing in God and believing the goodness of God, that by faith, God can and will work in your life for your good and his glory. And secondly, what I believe God wants to do is to show you that he can accomplish mighty things despite where you came from, despite your past. Despite your failures, despite your faults, despite your fears, God wants to do great things through your life in 
tells us we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that the power is from God and not from us. Amen. Listen. These regular folks, these regular folks are our model. If they could accomplish mighty things for God, then you can too. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? If they could accomplish mighty things for God, you can too. If you got your Bible still open, look at Hebrews chapter 12 with me. Verse 1 and 2. Who should I call on to read this morning? I'm kidding. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter, the author and finisher of our faith for the joy that lay before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. First thing this morning, run your race if you're taking notes. If you got your phone out and you're taking notes on your phone, I love it. If you got your phone out and you're not taking notes, you should start taking notes. Run your race. Listen, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. We said something about that yesterday, didn't we? I don't know what it was. But in order, it was good, but I don't remember what I said. This is a marathon, not a sprint. In order to finish this race, we must follow the steps that have been laid out for us. We want to see miracles. We want to see God do good, great, powerful, mighty things for the kingdom of God and for this church and for our families and for our lives and, and for our sons and our daughters. So we have to run. We have to run like those who have ran before us. We have to run our race. Run your race. You can't run somebody else's race for them, and you cannot wish that somebody else's race was your race. Run your race. second if you're taking notes remove the distractions some of us need to remove distractions even in this in this house this morning remove the distractions what does that mean it means throw off everything that hinders Hebrews 12 1 and 2 lay aside every hindrance and the sin Remove the distractions. What, like, what is weighing you down? What is keeping you from reaching and running the race God has for you? Philippians 3.14 says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize.
Christ, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. God has, God has called you heavenward. God has called you upward. He has called you up, not down, right? He has called you to lift you up. What is it that's keeping you from, from what is the hindrance? Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's, maybe it's the fact that you aren't disciplined in your time management. You don't spend time in the Word. Maybe, maybe the hindrance is Netflix. Right? Maybe the hindrance are those video games. Come on, somebody. Maybe the hindrance is that addiction to shopping. We like the video games. We don't like to talk to you about shopping. That's right, preacher. Preach on them video games. Leave the shopping and stuff alone. weights that are slowing you down. Maybe it's a maybe it's a lack of trust in in the goodness of God. Let's just let's be let's be real. What are those hindrances? What are those weights? Are you spending time in the word? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you are you faithful in church and in, in your giving? Are you are you doing those things? And if not, what are the hindrances to those things? And when you identify those hindrances, get rid of them. That's good preaching. Remove the distractions. When a horse runs a race, what do they do? What do they do to make sure that the horse keeps going the way they want it to go? They put blinders on it, right? I've seen that. I've, I've never done it. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, a horseman. But I've seen it. Well, they, put, they put the blinders so that, the, that they don't, they're not as easily distracted. What are those distractions that you need to put the blinders on so that, so that you're not constantly being pulled this way or, or being pulled that way? The thing about hindrances and distractions is they're not always sinful. They are just pulling you away. All right, third, be alert. There is a sin that so easily entangles you. There's a sin. So there's hindrances and there's sins. Sometimes we sometimes we, we recognize the sins and we we're okay God I'm not going to live this life I'm not going to do that I'm going to be faithful I'm not going to not going to sin but we allow the hindrances to get in the way. We need to remove the hindrances and we need to get rid of the sins as well. Be alert. There is a sin that easily entangles you. I believe that. I believe that each one of us in our humanity, in our fallen humanity, each one of us have sins that we are more prone to. Whether it's anger, whether it's lust, whether 
it's unforgiveness. Each one of us have sins that we are more prone to. Recognize that in your life. And then don't justify it as that's just who I am. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you have been bought with a price, which you have been if you have put your faith in him, you are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. Stop identifying with your sinful past and identify with who God's called you to be. I'm just, that's just me, that's just who I am. I'm just this, I'm just that. Okay, but in Christ you are new. That might be the sin that entices you. But stop making excuses for when you give in to it. Well, that's my sin. Oh, well, stop rejoicing in it. Stop gloating in it. Everybody knows that's just who I am. Yes, but Jesus knows you to be something greater than that. Live up to who Christ has called you to be. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. If you're taking notes, write that down. Don't give up. Run with endurance. Acts 20, 24 says this. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Don't give up. Finish. What is this warning then? Why would he give us a warning not to give up if we couldn't give up? It is possible to be one day say, you know what? I'm just tired of trying. Churches are empty because people give up. But yet they'll say, well, I'm still a Christian, but you gave up. How do I know you gave up? Because you gave up. Are you still doing the things you're supposed to be doing as a Christian? No, you gave up. This is what I said yesterday. We think of this Christian race in terms of a marathon. And for many of us, sometimes in this Pentecostal tradition, we seek the power of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues, which we should. And we see that as sort of the finish line in our spiritual walk. Like, woo, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues. It's over. I did it. And we never, we never in the spirit again we never allow the spirit to operate in our lives again we don't give room for the spirit we pray in the spirit that one time i did it it's over and then we just go back to just life as it was before in this marathon that we are running in the christian life baptism of the holy spirit is not the finish line it's just a cup of water on the journey to refresh you to keep going 
This is a marathon. Church attendance is a cup of water. You say, well, it feels like, it feels like part of the race. Part of the race is getting here so you can get the cup of water. Reading your Bible is a cup of water in the race. Prayer is a cup of water in the race. Praying in the Spirit is a cup of water in the race. Fellowship with other believers is a cup of water in the race. We are running a race. Do not give up. And if you're not going to give up, you've got to keep drinking water. Run the race. Don't give up. Jesus is longing to welcome you to the winner's podium to give you a crown that says, well done, good and faithful child. You will get tired in this race. You will want to give up in this race. You will question if it is worth it or not, if all the effort and sacrifice is worth it. You will question. The answer is yes, it is worth it. Don't give up. Stay focused. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking to Jesus. Right? Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher, the, the, the founder and perfecter, the architect of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Stay focused. Look to Jesus. That is the object of our race. The object of our race is not to be a better person, or it's not to get this miracle, or to see this happen, or to see this happen. What we are running for is Jesus. He is the one set before us. There may be miracles and there may be calling and there may be things that God does through you, in you, as you run. But if you are not focused on Jesus, the race is in vain. It's pointless. It's about Jesus. It's about finishing Stay focused. Stay focused. If these regular folks, these ones that did great things and really made some stupid decisions, if these folks in Hebrews 11 can stay focused, if they can do it, we can do it. That's what Hebrews 11 is all about. It's not about, look at these great people of God. Look at these great people of God. Worship them as icons and saints. It's look at these regular men and women who just kept going 
just keep going. Or if you're in the ocean, just keep swimming. this distraction-free, focused, alerted race, you will receive an imperishable crown. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, do you not know that all, that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? Run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we to receive an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Running this race requires discipline. Just like running a marathon requires discipline, which is why I have not run a marathon. Running this race for the kingdom requires discipline. You have to be willing. We have to be willing to live. coming to a close band can come on up listen to this church final point I'm going to write down here's what I believe Hebrews 11 Hebrews 12 therefore since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us let us lay aside since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Hebrews 11 are these witnesses. They're these witnesses to what God has done and what God will do. They testify. What does a witness do? A witness testifies. So these witnesses, these folks in Hebrews 11, testify to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. The goodness of God. They testify to that. And here's what I believe. I believe these saints, this cloud of witnesses, I believe not only do they testify to Christ, but you know what I think? I think that these clouds, these saints in heaven, I think they're cheering on the body of Christ. I do. I think this cloud of witnesses is saying, let's go church. Let's go church. We made it. We made it. We made it. Let's go church. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it, church. Keep going. I believe this cloud of witnesses is cheering on the church.
And like the angels rejoice when a person is saved and snatched from hell, I wouldn't be surprised if that cloud of witnesses cheers as well. receive that crown imperishable it won't be in isolation that cloud of witnesses will be there amen that cloud of witnesses will be there and I believe that cloud of witnesses will rejoice and they'll say this morning who are running I pray that they would continue to run in their humanity they would run by faith knowing God that you have you have a crown waiting for them this morning what we're going to do is as you come to receive the elements of communion if you are you just need someone to come alongside you in this race and pray with you to encourage you to keep running hand you a cup of water I just want you to stay up here and we're going to pray for you and God's going to speak and touch and be near to you because God is faithful God is good receive the elements of communion and if you desire prayer in your race would you just stay here let's pray and we'll pray for you